Hello and welcome to the HR Sucks podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. I'm your host, Katrina Gazarian. On this episode, we have a guest who you may know from, I don't know, Transformers or Holes, which is a kid's movie, by the way. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) This guy is way cooler than Shia LaBeouf. He puts the RPA and RPA engineering and service and serves as its VP of business development. He's an investor and advisor. He's Rick Allenbach the third. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you. I have to say I've, I've done a lot of podcasts and that that was probably the coolest intro I've ever gotten. <laughs> do, you, do you usually go by Rick because your LinkedIn says Richard? Yeah, so I go by Rick. I always have, um, you know, I used to be called Ricky. Uh, when I started LinkedIn, like in its infancy, somebody said, use your full name. Um, just because I was, I guess, trying to seem older. And plus in a former life, I managed mo- some pretty heavy money. Um, so they thought the third was like valuable. As I get older, it's a mouthful and it's pretentious. So no, I, I don't go by Richard. There's so many RPAs now though. My dad goes by Richard just to get, keep it straight. And my son goes by RP. Huh, does anybody ever call you Dick? Yes, in fact, all the time. And that's, you know, asshole. Because, yes, yes, they do. Because oh. if, I get because of your Dick. name or just? <laughs> so, no, I mean, I get called Dick a lot. Um, for, for the way I am, I'm certainly an acquired taste. But my grandfather, like back in the day, right? So RPA senior, uh, he he went by Dick. In fact, he was the general manager of like a food, uh, like Betty's potato salad, which you wouldn't know out in California, but it's kind of famous here. And his, I still have his name placard, Dick Allenbach. And 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 he would say, you know, my, my name's Dick, and my friends call me Big Dick, and, and that was like how you talked back then. Like you couldn't really say that now, uh, but. Did- have you ever looked up the history of that word? Cause it's not that old, right? People like using that as like a bad thing. Yeah. So no. And I also don't understand. And I guess I should, why the hell Dick is short for Richard? Like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. like the nickname for Richard. Like, why is that? I don't know. Interesting. Well, tell me about RPA and how, well, besides being born, how you got involved <laughs> with the firm. That's, just, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's not how I got involved. What kind of, I know. What, what kind of, what, well, no, you were doing something else before. So just quick, you know, walk me through the timeline. So of the company. So, all right. So, yeah, so f- that's fine. My, my dad um, started RPA 30 years ago. Uh, the same year my parents got divorced. And he got laid off from, from uh, the largest engineering consulting company in the country at that time. And so it was a pretty shitty year for him. And he started out of an apartment. And um, 30 years later, we're in six uh, cities. Uh, we do work all over the country and in Western Europe and uh, the Pacific Rim. And so that's how that got started. Mm-hmm. I am not an engineer, nor ever thought that outside of maybe real estate and other outside investments, I would work with my dad. That was never the plan. Um, I was in asset management and later became heavily involved into 
high-end net worth uh, individuals. And I, that went pretty well for me uh, for 12 years, but it was a grind in terms of not being able to be around for my family or to start a family. So I had to make a tough decision um, and I ended up selling my practice. And when I did that, I joined RPA. Um, so I am part of the executive team, um, you know, helping to run the day-to-day -day operations. But uh, my title is business uh, VP of business development. I, I do a lot more than that, but um, I am in charge of the sales. That's what I like to do. You know, I think engineering firms that aren't run by engineers uh, is not a terrible thing. I mean, my father has his MBA, he is a PE, but the nine years I've been here, we've had a different perspective. And I think, I'm not giving myself credit, but I think another, another set of eyes that maybe isn't as analytical uh, has helped. So that, You're that, not that, analytical? What's that? You're not analytical? So I am, right? So I wrote algorithms for multi-chain multi options strategies. So, so I knew you were gonna say that, by the way, because I could tell like you're one, you're, you're, your lazy eye gets kind of really excited uh, when, you're, when you wanna contradict me. Um, so, so that's interesting. At least, at least I know your tell now. So I knew you couldn't wait. So I am, but in a different way than an engineer would be. And I am a very much, so if you did a disc, disc profile on me, right? I'm a high eye who bleeds into a D um, uh, and all engineers are, deaf, are are basically C's that bleed into an S. So I have a very different mindset than 99% of the folks that work here. And how many folks work for RPA now? Yeah, so I mean, on the technical side, we're well over 100. Um, and then we also have obviously admin staff. Um, so, you know, Let's call it 125 to be safe. Very good. And we're, and, and we're growing through COVID, which is awesome and rare. Um, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I've heard, that, I've heard that a lot about some, I mean, a lot of industry. I mean, we grew that's great. through it as well. So I think just necessity. Yeah, well, okay. spread that word because so many people I talk to are talking about, I mean, listen, restaurants, I feel for and like any kind of hospitality business, but Small businesses, I feel like, are doing better than, and they, they're the mark of any economy, right? They're the leaders. They, they, they lead in. Like, economies are, are born and grow by small businesses, and more and more, I think, are doing well, and, but all I hear is how shitty everybody's doing and how bad it is. I mean, we're, we don't have a magic bullet, right? You're working hard, we're working hard, and we're both growing, and I hear that, too, but the media doesn't want to paint that picture. So I don't know. Yeah, I think the statistic they put out there was, was it 60% of small businesses will remain closed? Yeah. No, I don't know if that includes, I mean, if we're talking restaurants, yeah. I mean, there's no question, right? I mean, they don't, mm -hmm. restaurants, I think there's some kind of statistic and I'm not a restaurateur, but like they have to be 85% capacity all the time to actually make money. Well, yeah. They can't fucking do that now. I mean, it's, it's so hard to be profitable in yeah, the restaurant like, industry. Right. I don't think like people good, understand it, it. Right. In a good time, you can't make money. It's like, yeah. It's now. So I don't know if that's 60%. I believe it. If it includes restaurants, I, if it doesn't, um, then we're all fucked because that's really bad. I mean, the market is starting to realize that the economy is, it, it, 
needs to take a breath. I mean, even today, today is just, you know, we're getting killed again. And, and September, we'll, we'll probably end up getting killed in the market up until the election, regardless of- Oh, for, yeah, for sure. So. Do you, with 120 employees, who do you do the hiring for? Like what positions do you specifically hire for? Me? So that's a good question. So um, we have a uh, executive vice president who basically runs the day-to-day -day operations in terms of engineering. Um, my father is still the CEO. He, I mean, he, he is involved. He's not involved eight to five, five days a week. So he, he, he's involved in the things that he wants to be involved in. And then I run the day-to-day -day operations kind of for all, all of the sites as well as personnel, as well as sales and business development, and also strategy for different businesses. I'm, I'm answering your question. I'm just trying to lay, lay the land. So then we have managers design for each of our disciplines, right? So if it's mechanical, electrical, structural, blah, 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 blah. If they need someone for their division, I interview them all because I want to anyone who's going to be working for RP engineering. It is our name. It's our brand. It's our legacy, right? It's our mission. So I just want to make sure that our culture and their culture is aligned. It's, it's not about the way somebody looks or the way somebody acts or talks. We, we are a, you know, it, we're, we have a plethora of different personalities, but there's just, there's just something in terms of our fiber that, that kind of needs to be seen by, myself um, before they get hired. But I don't make that decision unless it's like a hard no. So the, the ones that I get involved with are, we, 25% of our business, we place engineers on site. So at GlaxoSmithKline, at Johnson & Johnson, at Pfizer, at big names that you've heard of. Those people represent RPA every day in, in the face of the client every day. So I am very, very invested in those people and I hire those people. Um, I also get involved in a lot of the younger engineers um, because I run our national internship program and because I'm not an engineer for the next, you know, how many years I'm going to be around, I want to be surrounded by, you know, talent. So I get involved with younger engineers as well. What questions do you ask to determine if they're going to be a good fit or not? Yeah, so that's a great question. But, but this is one that it's hard to fake this one, right? I say, listen, I say, okay, you like me, I like you. Um, so we decide to, we, you, you decide to join our team, we're happy to have you. What would have to happen in three years for you to look back and for us to have a cup of coffee? I would say have a beer, but I don't know if you can say that. I, I actually do say that, but let's just pretend I say have a cup of coffee. For us to sit down and say, and for you to tell me, this was the best decision I ever made. Well, there's no right or wrong answer, but there's answers that are wrong in terms of what I'm looking for, and there's answers that are right. A, a correct answer would, would be, in three years, I would want to um, be head of, a, head of the department, or I would want to um, get, if they don't have their PE, I would want my, to get my professional engineering license. I would love to bring in three new global clients for us. I would love to learn a 3D model. Like, how, how do you better yourself? Or, or it, could be, it, it could be qualitative. It has to have some substance in terms of somebody that's like, okay, in three years, they're going to be here and they, they give a shit about what we're doing. Because we invest a ton of time and money and energy to bring people in. We, I, I say this to people, you know, when we hire people, we want them to be part of the family until they retire. I realized in 2020, that's sort of a, that's sort of a, a bad, I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. But our tenure is ridiculous because of that. Another one it's not, this is not like reinventing the wheel here, but it's important to me because 
engineers are brilliant, but we are not in, we are in the, we are consultants, right? We are engineering consultants. So we are talking and dealing with clients all the time. At the end of the day, it's not about getting design drawings out on time and on budget. Yes, that's expected, but it's about making the clients happy with whatever they need to make, to, to get them to where they, they need to be or else we're not in business. So, so what else I say to them, I said, okay, this, I say this often as the first question because they've been hit with a bunch of technical shit from my other, from other people. I say, clear the table off. What is your idea? Like, so if you can have any, anything you want in terms of your vocation and it could be here at RPA, I clear the table. I said, all right, set the table of how, what you, what your ideal scenario at RPA looks like. Tell me because this, this tells me so much in 30 seconds because it, it tells me how, what their ambition level is. It also tells me if they want to be highly technical or if they want to go into a project management or an executive management role. It tells me if they can think on their feet. It tells me if they have any creativity or think about things. A lot of people in this world are happy to get that job, get that, 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 that paycheck every two weeks, go home and just do what they want to do, that, the nine to fivers. And that's okay. The world needs that. But even at RPA, even as small of a company as we are, we are big on innovation. So I'm looking for answers like um, it's kind of typical to the same. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's different than the three-year one, um, but, it, but it tells me a lot. And I get so much shit like, oh, I, I just want to do a really good job and, 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 and get things work hard and, 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 you know, and, and, and I want, I want to be able to hit deadlines and, and meet all the, all my coworkers and, and build rapport. I'm like, okay, that, that, that's great. Like that's expected. Like, so I, you could meet all of your coworkers in a week after that. What are you going to do? Like, what do you want? What do you want out of all of this? Why are you wake up in the morning? Basically, you know what I mean? I just, there's just so many people that don't even know. Yeah, so what you're saying is in order to be successful with RPA, you need to have some type of self-awareness and some type of track of where you're headed and what you want to do because ultimately those types of professionals, when they don't really know exactly what they're there for, what they're passionate about, what wakes them up, they, they actually, they're not very productive. No, no. Quite, and, and, and that's a great point, but I'll, I'll, I'll even, I'll do you one better. I've had young, like, a, a, there's been a couple of young women that work for us that have been honest and said, you know what, I'm not sure what I want to do yet, but I'd love input. And, and that's okay. Like, that's a great, honest answer. Like, don't, I'd rather that than lie to me and say, well, I'd love to be a project manager. Well, maybe you don't. And we've had really, I mean, we have really, really talented young women um, that have come to us. We set them up on tracks and we, we say, well, okay, based on what you're saying, you could either go the technical route and be the head of the electrical department, or you go the project management route and be an associate vice president and deal with Hershey and, and you know, Frito-Lay and Coca-Cola, like, or maybe our food and beverage, like whatever is up your alley. And that helps them. But we don't, but if they don't, because talent is talent, but like you said, if there's no why or there's no what gets you up in the morning, 
well then you it's wasted talent and nothing in the world is worse than wasted talent so it's okay not to know but to want to know right for sure it's mm -hmm. not okay to not know and not give a shit and right. i think i think what you're saying and i agree with you is there's a lot of i don't know and i don't really know that i give a shit i just i want the job for sure I mean, I would, I want to ask you what your pet peeves are, but I feel like it's going to be a whole laundry list of things. Um, oh man. Well, uh, give me like two. Yeah. So, oh man. So I, I contact, I mean, are we talking in the interview process now or just in general? No, just in general, like managing employees in general. Oh, okay. Well, so communication now, um, <laughs> I, I'm not that great at that. I don't know if, if, if you don't know that you, you grow to know that if you knew me better. Um, but I mean, it's a, I think a lot of professional businesses when you're dealing with smart folks, if they are behind on something or they don't have an answer, they hide or they don't respond because they want to get it done and under a, even if it's late, but they want it right where communicate with me, it's not gonna get out today. Okay, why? This is why, all right, well, we have to talk to the client on that, but let me, let's work through that and get to the answer. Always the right deal. My pet peeve is lack of communication or what I'll call it hiding when it's like when we're under the gun. Um, I don't care, I mean, obviously, if you're incessantly like missing targets or don't know things, that's an issue, but that doesn't happen here much. It's more that we have really talented folks that are overwhelmed a little bit. So they just, they disappear instead of letting people know what the hell's going on. I learned that so early on about like communication and being open with where you are and what you've done um, from being a basketball official. Yeah. So when, I mean, so many officials, they get on the coach's bad side you know, especially during games because they won't admit when they flubbed a call. Yeah. They'd give them like some crazy, like obscured explanation of why they made the call and it doesn't make sense to the coach. And then the coach is upset. And then there ends up being like a really bad rapport now with the referee and the coach, the rest of the game, which usually results as you probably know, in like a technical foul of some kind. And so one thing I learned early on, and I wasn't taught this, it just was instinctively, I guess, is when I messed up a call, I would tell the coach, I blew it. Yeah. And yeah. then I knew, and then, and they would, they respected me for it. You know, they were like, okay, don't do that again. And I'm yeah. like, sure. <laughs> no, right, right. Yeah. And it all, right. And then there's an awareness that you're looking for it too. It's not exact, it's not necessarily that you're going to make it up. On a, on a bad call the other way, but, but, but absolutely. So, and, I, and that's a great analogy. That's a, that's, a, that's a really, really good analogy. Another one is, and I always say this, so, and, and I don't, I, this is not to pick on engineers. This is, this, this, is our, this is my business, right? But I think a lot of people, I think you could say this, I know from the money management world, it's the same thing. People love to be smart and correct and right for the sake of their own ego. I always say engineers would rather be correct and poor. I'd rather be wrong and rich. <laughs> and it's not that I even care about money 
but I, but 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 my point is my pet peeve is i have brilliant technical engineers who will almost argue with the client on how to do a certain thing when in engineering or in basketball like in basketball there's a hundred ways to win you can play small ball you can you can run and gun you can press you can you know you, you, you know you can hold the ball you know five passes to a shot you know, I mean, Princeton wins a different way than UNLV won, than, than Loyola Marymount played, and the way Georgetown in the 80s. So there's a hundred ways to get to the right answer. Let the unless it's unethical or it's in, or, or it's or it's going to be dangerous. Let the client be right, and you just you can be incorrect or, or not use your way. And it, it like like I have a I have a situation that 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 I have to deal with right after this call where that was part of the deal. And I can't have a couple of the engineers on the call because they are so stuck on being correct in their own mind. And I, 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 it, it, it could cost us millions of dollars actually a year. It really can. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think that's probably one of my pet peeves too. And I try to really, you know, when I talk to our team about being transparent and, and, and letting them know, like, you can, you can mess up you have a safety net, it's okay. Um, but you just have to tell me. It's when you don't tell me and I have to find out from a client that yeah. makes it all that much worse, you know, because then I have to apologize for you and then I have to come and get the explanation from you, which makes me look like an idiot. Well, right. Well, you and I are the ones that fall, on, we have to fall on the sword. We're the, we're the back end. That goes to my point about lack of communication. That happened to me with a major project in, at LaGuardia Airport last week. The, the 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 engineer didn't didn't correspond with the clients for a week to the point where the the clients were worried about the engineer's safety and health. <laughs> I mean, honest to God. So I get involved and I I'm, I make it so that we can get what they need by Monday, which is still late. But the client thanks me and oh by the way, we got another job out of it. If they mm -hmm. don't reach out to me, I don't I I don't I also. And not only don't get another job, I probably lose that client. So it's like, it drives you crazy. Uh. How, what is your philosophy on, because this is something that I've, I was more flexible about it before when I first started out, but I've gotten to the point where I won't even work with clients if they are become not like unresponsive or they take a long time to respond. Do you just, I mean, I obviously your transactions are, I mean, a hundred times bigger than my transactions so, or more, well, but do you so. have, I, I've just said, like, I really, I just feel like if you're not going to respond, like if I have to follow up with you like three times, then you're just not serious about it. And so I don't want to work with you because I don't want to keep wasting my time trying to follow up. You know, what is your philosophy on that? Yeah. Um, so my philosophy is very similar to yours in that's, let's say, I always say like, so the letter of the law, right, would be, I mean, I agree with you 100%. But the, but, but the, but like the, re, my real life is different. And I, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my transactions are 100 times bigger than yours or whatnot. Maybe some are, maybe some aren't. We are dealing with massive clients, right? So I would say, especially on the front end side, on the sales side, you know, that just is what it is. We have, we work forever to get these clients. Once they become clients, the difference between me and you probably is they're engineers. They're only using us because they are jammed up 
they, they can't figure it out. They have a timeline anyway. So they're usually pretty responsive. It's rare that they wouldn't be. Like I'm dealing with a, a Dow 30 component client right now down in North Carolina out of our Raleigh office who's not being responded. But they were just talking millions and millions of dollars. Right. So, I, and I'm, I'm a small fish to them. So I can either easily tell them that it's not worth it and they'll go find somebody else who will wait. Um, so unfortunately, sometimes um, in, I don't like it. I don't think it's right. And I'm, but I don't do that for everybody. Um, but I would say that, that, that they're the exception to the rule only because in engineering, you can't build anything until it's designed. So we're all like, if anything, it's us that has to get it done. And they are up mm -hmm. our ass on that. So, but I, but in my old business, managing money, I would be, so I would, I would equate to what you do to what I used to do. And I'm the same way. I fired clients. I got to the point where I was able to fire clients and it didn't make me happy, but it was like a weight off my shoulders after I did it. I was right. like, this is, you know, it's, it was, you know, and nobody wants to turn away revenue, but you have to say, well, what am I, what am I, how much time am I wasting to earn whatever I'm earning when I could be focusing on the people that do care and want to talk to me? So I 100% agree with that. And for someone like you, I think you should absolutely do that. Well, that's what we've gotten to a point. I think this year we broke up with more uh, clients than we ever have before because my time is just not as, as um, open as it used to be. And so I just feel like I just rather put my time, like you said, into clients that are taking it serious and want to get it done. Right. Yeah, so I, like, hey, hope you had a good weekend. Um, are you ready to move forward? Like, yeah, yeah I'm cool. Yeah. Is, is, is COVID, are you, are you safe from COVID? Just <laughs> checking in. Like, I mean, checking on. in. Yeah. Do you have any questions uh, yeah, I can right. answer? I, oh, this, oh, I, I just wanted to make sure you got the email. I mean, come on. <laughs> man. Oh, I, yeah. Ugh. Rick, tell me, tell me your craziest employee story. Oh, okay. I know so, you have a lot. You're a firecracker, so I, I already know you could write a book on your interactions with employees. Yeah, so this one, I'm, I, so I thought about this. I'm almost a little worried about the Department of Labor on, <laughs> on the one. Or like, or like but, but I mean, oh, uh, yeah. All right. Hey, you want to sign a contract and it'll be like client privilege? Yeah, that'd be nice. Um. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with this and, and I'll, I, I have really good lawyers, so we'll just go from there. It's <laughs> nothing that I did. I mean, it's actually sad. Like as much as, uh, as much as I, um, much as we did, it's, it's actually a sad story, but it was crazy until it, it was sad. Okay. Uh, so a lot of the times when we're looking for highly, highly specific technical it's not just mechanical engineer. It's a mechanical engineer with a professional with a PE license that can do 3D modeling that has done pipe and pipe design. I mean, just shit like that, right? So stuff like that. So so um, we use recruiters. We have to sometimes. I don't love it, and I hate the national ones because they compete with me, and they're just on they're just on the job boards throwing stuff at. In this particular case, we pay a good percentage from a recruiter, national publicly traded recruiter um, for this individual. It, the resume is unbelievable. 
I mean, references, check out. Drug test, check. Everything's check. Hire him, high salaried guy, you know, uh, mid six figures. Uh, first, I, I have to, I do have to, I do have to be a little bit careful. First, my, my father is an unbelievable judge of certain things. So he's in a three piece. We don't, we don't wear suits and shit, but at the, we have a Tuesday stand up meeting. First time he's in a three piece suit with a pocket watch hanging. And my dad says, is that the new guy? And I said, yeah, he goes, he's going to be fucking terrible. So I said, all right. I said, well, I, I hired him. So we'll see. I, I, I thought I needed that specific talent. What have you? Two weeks later, he's on the, he goes on a job in Pittsburgh because that's what we wanted. He doesn't show up. Then we get a call that he got sick. Oh no. Nobody can find him for two weeks. Um, he's engaged. We finally get a hold of his we get a hold of his um fiance who says, I'm not his fiance. Um, oh no. We we broke up two years ago and I have a restraining order. Oh um, no. <laughs> and we don't then there was another number for his parents. That's disconnected. So he calls and says all this stuff. So we have to be careful with human resources. So we bring him back in. We, we ask him to get notes and everything, this, that, and the other thing. So um, needless to say, uh, after that second chance, he ended up disappearing again for another two weeks. And at that point, it was... Um, uh, oh, his his parents, I think, reached out to, oh, it turned out he, his address was wrong, his paycheck, he didn't have a bank account, his paychecks came back to us, it turned mm -hmm. out he lived with his parents, which is fine, but that's just not, this, none of the stories added up, and um, I had to meet him, he said he was, got lost in a snowstorm, and, and and he almost died and he, his car rolled over and he was, he was passed out for three days and yada, yada, yada. And um, so I ended up having to meet him to get his key and his computer and everything else. And, and it, it was, it, it, and that was it. And then he wanted up his pay for all this time. And it was, it got a little hairy and he, I think he still tried to get unemployment. I mean, it was just completely, and, and it, it turned out that there was, there was a, there was a, obviously there was a, a problem uh, a, a substance problem um, oh, okay so and I think I can say those things and please that if, if that's your craziest story well I well I have, <laughs> I have other ones but I mean like crazy like what like I don't know like 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 you hired someone and and they this story's way worse. Spit, and spit on you. I don't know. Oh, that, that, what's wrong with that? I, I mean, <laughs> that's every day. Is that every day? No, I mean, that depends. I mean, you know, spit square. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move delete, on. Delete that, please. Uh, no, I, mean, no, just, I mean, it's hard, right? This is, this, this is why I, I don't know HR. This is why we need to hire you guys because, I mean... <laughs> Like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. If I talked, I really would talk. You just can't use names. That's it. 
the, the, the story I, I told you sounds shitty because I, I'm telling you the most venial part of it. But it was, it was pretty fucked up. It was pretty crazy. Like the time we had to deal with. Um, I believe it. Anyway. Yeah. What, is, what is the number one thing you attribute to the success of RPA? Uh, that's a great question. So I, I think um, a couple of things. I, I, so one, uh, I think the culture that my father created the company on in terms of being employee-centric and not client-centric. I believe that if the employees are treated like family and as you're important, especially because we're right, we deal with people. We don't sell phones or widgets or, or Nike shoes. You know, we, we have intellectual capital. So our employee, our people are our assets. So you can't put the Dow 30 or the fortune 100 clients ahead of your employees. If you take care of your employees, uh, they'll take care of your clients. Richard Branson said that, and he's absolutely correct. Um, so I think, but you have, but if, if it's based on like an asshole who starts the company who is selfish and wants all the money for himself, that, that house of cards will fall. That is not my father. He is the most loyal, most giving person you'll ever meet. I'm not saying it because it's my dad. It's just the way it is. I mean, to be in this business for 30 years, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, so our, I think our culture and our people I think our responsiveness and willing to not just be an engineering company, but to really say to the client, hey, if it's shoveling shit and it makes you look better and get your job done, we'll do it. I mean, I, it sounds funny, but I mean, that's literally what I'll say to them. Yeah. Well, someone else will do it. Not you. Right. I, I don't do it. No, I won't do it at all. I'll like, I won't do it, but someone on the yeah. team will. I'm going to be sipping champagne, but I don't care for my guys to shovel shit. It's <laughs> funny. I like that. No, but I mean, so, but, but, but res responsiveness, like, who, it's like these big companies, and I don't, I don't know if it's like that for you, but it's like, I mean, you have such an outside the box way of looking at human resources, which I find very unique. I think we're outside the box in terms of engineering, maybe not as much because I don't know that some, I don't know that you can be that much, but, but a lot of these clients everybody's supposed to be good. So who gets their first wins? So if we're not big, because we're playing against Jacobs and, and, and CH2M Hill and, and, and Baker till Baker so they've 60, 70,000 engineers. We got a hundred. So we have to be cost effective and we are because we don't have all that payroll and we have to be more responsive. So quicker in terms of getting to their needs, maybe not quicker in, oh, this is, this is finished because it has to be right. But we, we are told time and time again that our responsiveness is fantastic. And that's why we can play in the big sandboxes. But you don't get that high quality and responsiveness without the people. And that's based on my pop's culture. And I'm trying to carry that into the next generation uh, as we go. That's awesome. What, um, do you have any positions open right now that our listeners can go apply for? Yeah, I need as many process engineers in Raleigh, North Carolina as I absolutely can get. Um, so anybody in the pharma, pharma in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, in Pittsburgh, I need everything from electrical to mechanical to structural. Um, 
We are also looking for structural engineers and project managers in the Philadelphia and Reading, uh, Pennsylvania areas. So yeah, we're, we, it's, it's even this morning, we were like, it's getting a little scary how busy we are. That's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining, but it's, you know, it, for what's going on in this country right now, we're, we're really getting horizontal in terms of our, our, our clients and all of our verticals. So it's, that's exciting. It's, it's a neat time. Yes, that is really exciting. And I think it's a testament to which companies are going to thrive during this downturn, as they're calling it, and which ones aren't. And I think it is going to be a testament of people and how the leadership team guides the company um, and its people to do better work and be more competitive with against other, you know, larger competitors. I have to compete against tech companies. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, you know exactly. I mean, we're we're kindred in a lot, probably a lot of ways that I'm not even thinking. So without a doubt. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Such, such a good turnaround after saying I have a lazy eye. <laughs> no, I, listen, the, the, the truth has no temperature, right? Like I can't help that your eye floats on you. And I've noticed the longer I talk, your, the, the, your right eye just starts to float into the distance. Like I can tell oh, dude. you're bored. My dog has a, like a lazy eye, <laughs> so it just reminds is it me. Of... Is it lazier than yours? I mean, you're looking at two. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to like uh, videotape and see which whose flows to the right faster. Well, you and you also see how many times you rub your face because that's why. I know. That's, that's, a, that's why I don't put full makeup on because I rub my face constantly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're faces burnt so my makeup i put on too much bronzer for this i didn't know I, I wanted to look good la style you know i, I wanted to bring it i wanted I to tell bring you now i don't know about popping that collar it's not really la it's more like boston this is this is a zip up it's not a popped collar this is a jacket oh man all right whatever hey where can where can listeners find you your company your open positions yeah, so uh, www.rpaenisinnancygr.com. It's short for RPA Engineering. Uh, you can go to my uh, LinkedIn page or RPA Engineering's LinkedIn page. That has all our positions. The website should as well. Um, LinkedIn is the best place to find me for sure. Um, you know, Richard P. Allenbach um, the, the third. third. Yes, yes. It doesn't sound for. What does the P so. stand for, Patrick? Paul. <laughs> I was gonna say so, something else with a P, but that would really take it no in. shit. Yeah, you, actually, yeah, you 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 laugh at your own jokes. You're pretty. Funny. I, I like, know. Yeah. I mean, if I don't think I'm funny, who will? I think you're funny. <laughs> All right. Well, Rick, thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope okay. it was fun, even though you ran off, you ran off the screen no, for like five my, minutes. Truth be, truth be told, and this is not, this is not, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much like a functioning idiot. Uh, the, my battery died on my computer, so I had to run and get the plug. And my, the battery dies on my phone all the time, the computer. That, I do know that. And I shit the bed, I shit the bed on the, on the <laughs> question of crazy story. I panicked a little bit, I gotta say. I'm always worried about getting sued, and if you knew me and the way I talk, you'd understand why. Um, oh, so, I, I know why. <laughs> so I figured I'd try to be a little cleaner, probably a little more boring, but this was a lot of fun, and I appreciate it. Uh, I know what you do, and I wish you the best as well. 
Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. Um, we don't have any followers. So, so you consider true? yourself. I a, that was a lie. I'll I mean, we have you. like 130 years. It's like sad. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a beat. HR sucks. We know. But getting caught in a snowstorm and being knocked out for three days sucks even more. See? Yeah, I mean, that sucks. I'll see, I'll see you all on the next episode. Bye.